from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. It is that middle of the week as we get ready to see the Chiefs' next opponent, the Jets. We're going to have some great information for you. Today, we're brought to you by Pepsi. In this football season, it's different. And Pepsi's there to get you ready for game no, no matter how you watch. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. We're going to have some inside information. We're going to get into the details about how the Chiefs try to get themselves up for uh, an opponent that's 0-7, as well as some of the minutiae about who's going to be where when they play those New York Jets. That's coming up. We have some information right now we're going to get into. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host over at RGR Football. And I'm Chris Clark. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. I hope everybody is doing well. When we start talking about the New York Jets and this game this upcoming week, it does sound like Kansas City will be without Sammy Watkins and Mitchell Schwartz. Neither of them practiced on Wednesday. Reed says they're getting better, but they weren't expected to practice. It does sound like Taco Charlton could be returning to the lineup, though. I think that's going to be great. We've seen that there's a lot of injury out there, and yes, they're getting the the tackles back, but having Taco there I think will allow him to continue what I thought was um, slow, but a, a progression for him since he joined the roster. Yeah, and I I guess I'm okay with him returning this week. I honestly have kind of looked at this game and said, you know, honestly, let him go. Uh, let, let him not play. If they are not 100% healthy, let them try to get healthy for the next game, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, that's going to be a game that I think you're going to be more challenged in. But I understand where you're coming from on Taco. It would be nice if he could get uh, healthy and get a little bit more uh, work in. And for those of you who messaged me on, on social media, yes, you're right. I, I have a, a mental block against the Panthers. I keep forgetting that the buys after the Panthers came. So Chris has it right. I did that too. Yeah, You know, nothing against the Panthers. I'm just, you know, I want to get to the buy for some reason. Uh, there, there, are, there are bigger reasons beyond that. But you're right. There, there's a time to get healthy. And I think this is one of those times when, especially for a guy like Schwartz, there's, there's no reason to, to rush anything there. Uh, you have the depth, especially at the, the defensive front. If you want to make it more of a, a defensive line group rather than ends versus tackles, you have depth there as well. Um, and I think we've seen a propensity for them to move them around. I don't think it's anything that's earth shattering needs to be done right this second. Yeah, I would agree with that. And also, Armani Watts is not going to practice on Wednesday. He is out with a sickness. Uh, they don't make it sound like it is anything related to COVID, but just a uh, precaution that he is sick, so he's not practicing at all. So, uh, but it does sound like they're going to they're getting healthier. And uh, I think I mentioned this already yesterday, but Danny Isadora is being protected by the Chiefs this week on the practice squad. My guess is, is he will end up being active for this game. Yeah, he very well, very well may be, and and they let Jordan Tahamu go in the meantime. Yep. So I'm I'm interested by that because I felt I don't know if that's a, a lack of discipline or something to do with the, the, his getting COVID or or his reaction to it. I'm not sure, um, but I thought that they were pretty happy with him as the QB, and quite frankly, they have to plan on seeing the Ravens again. So there is definitely a practice squad element to having him around. I will not be surprised if he comes back. I won't either, but I'm kind of surprised they released him. I have to wonder if that has something to do with uh, the way he got COVID. Uh, but I'm just speculating at this point, so I don't want to get into that too far. A little bit of other news in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys released old friend Don Terry Poe and Daryl Worley. Uh, I don't think Kansas City is going to make a move and bring either of those guys in. I just don't see them having a need for defensive tackle right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Daryl Worley, I don't think is going to be a big upgrade from what you have 
uh, in the corner room. So I can't see them going that direction either. I, I have a tendency to agree with you too. Worley more than Poe, if anything, but I agree. And with Snead hopefully back in the next quarter of the season here, uh, I think that it will definitely be after the bye, but hopefully right afterwards. Um, I think you feel like you're going to have four guys that you can play with at that point. Yeah, and I would guess it's needs probably back closer to maybe December, but I could be wrong on that. We'll just have to see how that ends up shaking out. But I think that's you know I would understand if if it was another CB that was a little bit more a little bit better than Morley, but he really isn't a guy that's going to change things for this team. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Now there's a lot that we have to get to about this game against the Jets, which is I think a trap game. I mean, you got to pay attention. I think they've proven that that anybody can beat you any week, and zero and seven just is a big letdown, I think, in terms of getting your intensity up. It's up to the captains this week. We're going to get into a bunch of the details on the backside of this. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use on important things like mortgage and food and daily occurrences like that. There's a lot that goes into your life, and why would you want to spend 30 50 or even 100% more on the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new dealership when you can go to rockauto.com? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. I can attest to this. I really did like the Rock Auto site when I was looking for something for my car a couple of weeks ago. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much as for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? They know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Welcome back to another crossover episode of Locked On Chiefs. I have John Butchko from Locked On Jets. John, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I think I'm probably doing a little bit better than you are with the way your team has been playing the past couple of weeks. Uh, What can you tell us about the New York Jets and the way that their season has gone so far? Nothing has gone right for this team. You know, on the field, uh, you know, you guys have a new running back. Because the head coach does not did not like Le'Veon Bell, it was a team without a lot of talent, a team that made some offseason moves that have not really worked out, and a team that, frankly, they were never. This was never really a team that was building for this year. The Jets have always heading into this offseason, heading into the season, it was kind of clear that the Jets were focused more on 2021 and beyond. It was a disappointing 7-9 and nine finish last year. The Jets were kind of limited what they could do salary cap-wise. You had the whole situation with Jamal Adams, which led to the one premium player on the roster being traded to Seattle for draft picks. So the Jets have always been heading into this season, a team that's focused more on the future than the present. That said... Everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong for the Jets this year. I don't think the Jets were expecting to be quite this bad, where they're 0-7, and five of the seven games have not been competitive. One of the worst offenses in the league, the defense has taken a big step back without Jamal Adams. The special teams, which was has been good the last couple of years, has also taken a step back. Uh, to put it simply, there's not really anything this team does well right now. 
Yeah, and that's got to be something to struggle with. And you talk about the new running back that Kansas City has in Le'Veon Bell. I, I do want to touch on that real quick. What can you tell Chiefs fans about Le'Veon Bell and from what you saw in his time in New York? Well, it's difficult to say because so much on this offense was broken. The Jets have had one of the worst run-blocking units in the league the last couple of years. Now, Bell honestly did not look that explosive. I don't think he had a 20-yard run his entire time with the Jets. So I think that is kind of troubling. but. It's difficult for me to say because the Jets never really seemed interested in utilizing him and utilizing his skill set. Uh, Adam Gase, it was reported a little bit after the Jets signed him that Gase really did not want Bell. And I did some research in the offseason. I found Gase never really ran the concepts that Bell was successful with in Pittsburgh. He, he had a lot of success running gap schemes. The Jets ran a lot of the zone with uh with Bell and they never really seemed interested in utilizing his, his receiving skills. You know, they didn't really put him in the slot that much. They did not put him out wide that much. So it's kind of tough to say because the infrastructure around the jets was so broken that you never really felt like Bell had much of a chance to succeed. Well, that's kind of crazy for what, a what used to be one of the best running backs in the league. I think he's still probably up there, uh, but we will see the rest of the season. When you look at the rest of this jets team, do you expect that they're going to be trading away any more players or any more key pieces that they may have to build around? I would not be surprised if that happened. Now, they've already made a couple trades. They traded a veteran defensive lineman, Steve McClendon, to Tampa Bay, and they sent a seventh-round pick and got a, a sixth-round pick in return. So it shows you that they're just kind of trying to get what value they can for the players who still have it. They also made a trade of Jordan Willis, who... As a backup edge rusher, I'm surprised the 49ers even wanted him. Again, that was another situation where they sent a seventh-round pick out with the player, and they got a sixth-round pick in return. And when something like that happens, it kind of shows you that they're just trying to get value for whoever they can get it for. So you know, there are a couple of guys out there I could see traded. Uh, Jamison Crowder, who's been an effective slot receiver for the Jets, but has a big cap number for next year. And is also in a system under head coach Adam Gaze that really focuses on the slot position, whereas another coach may not have as much use for Crowder. So that's a guy I could see traded. Marcus May at safety in the final year of his contract, and they also drafted a player who might be his replacement in Ashton Davis this year in the third round. Brian Poole has been a very good slot corner for the Jets over his two years with the team, but will be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, those are the names that come to mind who who would be the logical choices to be traded before the deadline. And it seems to me like the Jets, yeah, it seems to me like the Jets are willing to deal anybody who has value. And another name, which it might be a little bit of a surprise, there have been rumors that Quinn and Williams, who was the third overall pick last year, could be sent out of town if the price is right. So that, that that's one that I think is less likely, but there have been some rumblings over the last couple of weeks that if the Jets get a package that they like for Quinn and Williams, they may not be adverse to dealing him. Yeah, but the number three overall pick from last year is going to be really hard to move on from if you're not getting a pretty big return, I would think. So I don't see that moving in or happening. So I guess we'll see on that one. When you sit here and you look at this Jets team, you said earlier that they're not good on any phase of the game. Do you think that Sam Darnold is part of the problem or do you think he could be part of the answer and it's the talent around him that's the problem? Well, I, I think both. Uh, you know, I don't think you can watch these games and totally absolve Darnold because there have been struggles and there have been moments where he's had clean pockets, where he's just not reading the field correctly. But the Jets have done no favors in what they've put around him. 
in his three years, not just this year, but in his three years, the offensive line has not been good. The skill players have been pretty mediocre. I've said this many times on Locked On Jets that if you wanted to, if you wanted like the, the a summary for how not to build around a young quarterback, do what the Jets have done because they they put them in the it's it's the opposite of what you guys have done with Pat, Patrick Mahomes, where the Chiefs have done everything right. Just take what the Chiefs have done with Patrick Mahomes and think the total opposite, and that's what the Jets have done with Sam Darnold. And, you know, part of me wonders when you see him throw an interception because he's trying to force the ball into an area he should not be forcing it to, how much of this is just that he knows that this Jets offense can only move the ball if he does something spectacular? You know, I think there's something to that. So, yes, I I think that Darnold has been part of the problem. I think he's missed throws. His, His accuracy has been erratic at times. He's made some bad reads. He's he's made suspect decisions, but part of that also may stem from how little the Jets have put around him, where they don't put him in. They they never give him any easy plays to operate. They don't have any guys who can just you know he doesn't have a, a speedy receiver. He can just throw a screen and the receiver can take it seventy yards for a touchdown. So I think it's a little bit of both. When you look at this Jets defense without their leader in Adams, what do you think? How do you think that they've been playing so far? And do you think that they have somebody that can step into his shoes to kind of fill his role as a leader on this defense? I think it was going to be CJ Mosley, but he opted out of the season. So, you know, I think of the players who are left. Marcus May was a guy they tried to use in Adams' role more frequently at the start of the season. And he had a good performance week one against Buffalo. When Adams was with the Jets, May was more the deep safety, whereas Adams was the guy who played closer to the line. Uh, they tried, like I said, they tried to play him closer to the, lo- the line early in the season. And aside from a good week one game against Buffalo, it, it really did not work out. But I think, you know, I think the biggest issue with the Jets on defense, well, the biggest issue is that they don't have any premium talent, but just as big is that they are so weak at the important spots. They don't really have any good pass rushers and they don't have any good corners. And they, they showed some fight against Buffalo. They did not give up a touchdown in that game, but. Really, the only way this defense can play is just bend but don't break. They essentially have to allow the other team to move the ball. They did not force the Bills to punt in that game. And essentially, they have to be willing to go five or six yards and hope somebody makes a play in the red zone. And in a lot of games, it hasn't happened. Against the Bills, it did, and they kept the off, they kept the Jets in the game. A lot of other games that nobody stepped up in the red zone. I mean, it's just, it's a, really a big talent issue with this team now. And, you know, last year, the defense was above average statistically, but they also played a lot of bad quarterbacks down the stretch. And you had Jamal Adams. You had you did have one premium player, and Adams took a lot of those games over. He carried the team, I would say, probably to – I'd say probably two or three wins were directly attributable to Adams' performance. And without him this year against a tougher schedule, it just hasn't been working. And when we get back, John is going to flip the script, and he's going to ask me questions about this Kansas City Chiefs team. This football season would be different, and Pepsi's ready to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I'll be watching at home on the satellite like every year, but it is definitely a strange season. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com and check out the latest football watching content for Pepsi. 
another episode of Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. John from Locked On Jets, Chris from Locked On Chiefs. So, Chris, I guess the first question I have to ask is how has Le'Veon Bell looked so far for the Chiefs? You know, I think what you saw from Le'Veon Bell in this first game with Kansas City was a guy that hit the holes hard and still has a little bit of pop to him. I was impressed with the speed that he looked like he had, uh, the vision. I think it's going to be a work in process. Uh, there was a sack that Patrick Mahomes took that I think was directly attributable to Le'Veon Bell not getting his head turned around on a uh, blitz. But, you know, those things are going to happen when you're bringing somebody in this late in the season. Is there any way to stop this Chiefs offense? Now, I don't think the Jets have the defense to do it anyway, but is there any way you could stop this Chiefs offense with this many weapons and this quarterback and this kind of coaching? It's going to be tough because Kansas City has gotten to the point now where they don't have to throw the ball like they used to in order to put up points. They've shown that they can run the ball and they can be effective as a running team. And when you have that ability, it really is going to put stress on the defense because normally when you think, okay, well, we have to stop the pass, so we're going to drop eight into coverage. Well, that at that point, you're only you know taking three people to go after the running backs and on running downs, and that creates an issue. But for Kansas City at this point, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and, and now with Le'Veon Bell, they're able to hit the holes, they're able to get running yards, and they're able to move the ball, running the ball. And I think that has really taken their offense to another level. Uh, they didn't look great against the Broncos offensively. Numbers-wise, they didn't look great. Uh, but when you have 14 points scored by your defense and your special teams, you really don't have to have a great game. Now, I know that there are a number of premium weapons on this offense, but if you were scheming against the Chiefs, who would be the first guy you'd try and take away? Who do you think is most important? Honestly, I think it's Travis Kelsey. Uh, and I know that sounds a little different because a lot of people would say Tyree Kill with the speed, but you can try to bracket Hill and you can have a lot of success doing that. Uh, it makes it harder with Hill's speed to be able to, uh, you know, defend him at times. But Travis Kelsey is a guy that uh, you, you can try to bracket him if you want, but Mahomes trusts him enough to where he's going to give him a chance to to go get the ball regardless. And Kelsey has shown that uh, he is going to uh, get open regardless of who you put on him. So I think to me it's Travis Kelsey mainly just because uh, he's going to be close to the line of scrimmage. Tyree Kill is going to be – you know, someone that's going to be running deeper routes. And I think that Mahomes trusts Kelsey more. Uh, and, you know, you look at what they're able to do. If they're able to slow Kelsey down, some of those things deep aren't going to open up either. No, I know you referenced him a little bit earlier, but can you talk a little bit about what Clyde edwards Lair has meant to this offense? Well, I think he's been huge, uh, and which is kind of funny considering his stature. He's not a very big guy, but his ability to, you know, shed off tackles, uh, his touchdown run against the Broncos, I think he shed four tackles on that play alone. Uh, and he is the number one rookie when it comes to breaking tackles in the NFL. Uh, I think he's number one in yards when it comes to rushing yards and number one in scoring as well when it comes to rookies, I, I believe. But his vision has been great. Uh, the one place that I think he's still working on and, and, maybe part of the reason that they decided they want to bring in Bell was because I think he needs to work on his pass protection. Uh, and it's going to be very difficult for a guy his size to be able to be very effective in pass protection if you don't have great technique. Uh, but he is a willing pass protector. I mean, he'll put his hat in there and get it on the guy and try to protect the quarterback. But that's definitely not a position that or something that you want to deal with if you have Patrick Mahomes as your QB. So, uh, I do think that there are things that he's going to continue to get better at. And, 
you know, he's going to learn as the season goes on. You always have to keep your head up and expect the ball because he dropped a touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes on Sunday uh, in the Denver game. Now, obviously, the defense is the less heralded unit on the Chiefs, and for good reason. But can you talk a little bit about how they've been playing this year? I think what you're seeing from the defense is I think they are starting to get back into form from what they were last year. And I think that's a big thing because Kansas City's defense toward the end of the year really played a lot better and was really slowing teams down. Right now, Kansas City is allowing less than 20 points a game to everybody other than the Las Vegas Raiders. And if they are going to be on a on a pace to where they can continue that, even if they're only giving up 24 points a game to some of these other high-powered offenses that they'll face soon in you know the Tampa Bay and New Orleans, I think you have to feel great about your chances to play and your chances to win in those games because Mahomes is more than likely going to put up 30 points. You look at the defense, though, and you know Chris Jones has played very well. I think he's gotten better against the run. Frank Clark is not getting the pressure that you would really hope sometimes, but at the same time, he's shutting down the run. The Denver Broncos did not run the ball at him at all. Uh, they just didn't want to test him in that regard. So that's a pretty big thing if you look at the run defense and trying to get that situated. And, you know, the pass defense is something that's still getting better, especially with Bashad Breeling coming back at corner. How are the Chiefs' special teams? You know, if you would have asked me last week, I would have told you that they have struggled at times. Uh, obviously, the big return by Byron Pringle really opened them, some things up, and that is going to be something that I think teams are going to have to take it take a look at over the coming weeks. Uh, you know, they have a great kicker. Harrison Bucker has been fantastic on kickoffs and for the most part on field goals as well. He's only missed one this season, but he's missed five extra points. And that is going to be something that's going to have to be looked at, and they're going to have to figure that out. Uh, they definitely want to, you know, not give up those what are supposed to be gimme points. Uh, and, you know, it hasn't cost Kansas City at this point uh, in the season, but it's definitely something that could cost them down the road if they continue to play uh, and get into some of these games that could end up being shootouts down the stretch. Now, I'm going to ask you to analyze some of the members of the Chiefs coaching staff because the Jets are likely looking at a coaching change. And I know that there are a number of Kansas City assistants who have gotten some head coaching buzz. So can you talk about some of the standout members of Andy Reid's staff? Well, I think you have to start. It starts in, I'm not going to say it stops, but it definitely starts with Eric Bieniemy. I think he is going to be a head coach next year. Uh, I do think that one of the things that worked against him this past year was that he was playing in the Super Bowl. So it's really hard to be in a situation where he can go get a head coaching job and leave during the middle of a Super Bowl run. Uh, I do think that that cost him maybe a head coaching opportunity this year. I do think he will get one in 2021. Uh, where it's going to be is going to be a big question. Uh, but I do think that he has shown that he has the ability to run the offense. He has the ability to uh, really get in tune with his players and his players love him. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey and, and Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes always talk are always talking about how much they love the enemy. So I think that it's, they're expecting that they're going to lose him this year. Honestly, with the way the defense has been playing, I wouldn't be surprised if Steve Spagnolo gets a look or two. Uh, I think that they've been playing a lot better. They're not going to be one of the top defenses in the league, but if Kansas City finds itself in the Super Bowl again and wins another ring or gets really close to winning another ring and the defense is a big part of it. I think that that's uh, another position that they could look at uh, right now. I think those are the two guys that are probably going to be the ones that are going to be taken away. Dave Tobe has always got his hat out there uh, for different people to look at, but so far nobody's uh, bought on him yet. 
All right, well, Chris, uh, good luck. I'm not going to let you wish you good luck this Sunday because we know the Chiefs are going to win this game in a blowout, but good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, I appreciate that. And good luck with you guys getting your season turned around. I hope that you guys are able to get a couple of wins. Obviously, I I hope it's not this Sunday, but uh, I hope you guys are able to get it turned around. And I think that's, uh, you know, I'm wondering if, if a coaching change is in your near future as well. Oh, I think it is. I think for me, the only drama this Sunday is whether it'll be worse for the Jets than the last time they visited Kansas City, which was the game Ryan Fitzpatrick threw six interceptions in 2016. <laughs> well, and I have to ask you this. Do you think Kansas City puts 40 up? Oh, yeah. I mean, my question is, how much does Andy Reid respect Adam Gase? Because if Andy Reid respects Adam Gase, they'll stop at 40. Whereas if Andy Reid, and I don't know if there's any history between the two of these guys, but if 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 Adam Gase has ever in any way offended Andy Reid and Andy Reid really wants to prove his point, the Chiefs could score 100 in this game. <laughs> John, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.